0: I'm Ruth Ferenger, founder of Conscious Leaders. This podcast is about providing you with disruptive insights from human leaders, the progressive leaders, and they're willing to talk about the highs and lows of business so that you can take away both their philosophy and how it plays out practically day to day. Learn about the podcast and us at ConsciousLeaders.org.uk. Today I welcome Sue McLean, she's a partner of law firm Baker McKenzie. She was very much brought up in law in a man's world, however, she's really sought to shake things up both for herself and for women in general. I started by asking her just how she got to where she is now.
1: I've been a a lawyer for over 20 years. I qualified back in 2000 when things like podcasting were you know, far off in the future. Um, I qualified as a technology lawyer and I've always specialised in that area. And I was a lawyer for many years. Um, During that time I had three children. And then I came to a bit of a a point in 2015 where I thought well, what do I want to do next you know I've had my family um I've been doing what I've been doing for for a while and I'm ambitious and I want to keep going so I at that point realized that to make that step up I needed to to move on effectively to move up so I um I moved to Beck McKenzie as a partner in 2016 and I've been there ever since I wasn't a partner in my old place so it was um, you know a bit of a, a, a risky move in, in one sense but the move that I needed to make and so um, yeah I put myself out there found this new role and, and I've been enjoying uh, life as a partner at, at Baker McKenzie ever since. So sort of curious really
0: what your kind of you've come in as a senior leader in this organisation what kind of approach to leadership do you think you brought or you bring like what's your approach that you take?
1: Well, I've 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 thought about this a, a lot, um, and I thought a lot about this before I was a partner because I would see the you know the leaders, the the heads of departments, the the senior folk around me, and and I'd think, well, what kind of leader am I, or would I like to be if I was in that role? And um, for me, you know, especially in in a bigger organisation, your role as a as a partner or as a leader in that organisation is to influence the team to meet your objectives. And I think historically, you know, those leaders have tended to look very similar um, mostly been men. Um, and in my career, I've just worked with very few senior women, you know, I, mm. I never had really a senior boss. And so that's why it was harder to imagine I think myself as a leader. When I was more junior, like partners, don't look like me. They they don't. They're not women with kids. They're not people who work reduced hours, like I did at my my old my old firm. So it was, well, what kind of leader am I be? If, am I going to be if I don't really have role models for that? And early in my career, I realized I had to be authentic to myself because, you know, I tried to be what I expected, you know, or I was told um I should act like but that was so contrary to to, to how I performed so um I thought Uh I've got to be myself Hmm. and that was kind of the first thing and then you know what do I like in a leader what motivated me when I was working with leaders and it was someone who was you know tough but fair open um a real team member who you know what was walk the walk as well you know they weren't directive; they were inspiring and um they acted as a a role model and you want and and they were enthusiastic and you wanted to be part of their team so it wasn't you know do this but it was come with me and that was Mm. the kind of leadership approach that appealed to me and that's certainly the approach I try to take and I you know I think is for me the most effective way to to approach leading leading a team or different groups at the firm
0: yeah and just kind of rewinding really to kind of what you said about maybe how and correct me if I'm wrong but maybe the industry or like whatever you know whatever um, cultures or impressions are given to you about how you maybe felt that you should act what was going on there where you felt like there's a path that maybe I'm not so keen on here what what's the influences that
1: well, I think, I think this, I mean, certainly, and it probably still exists now, but I think historically, because there was, there was few, there was not a diversity of role models in terms of how a lawyer behaved. And a lot of my colleagues would assume that I should act like they acted. So for example, you know, they'd use words like, when I was a pretty junior lawyer, they'd say, you need to work on your gravitas, which was a very vague term. And I try mm. and get to the bottom of what does that mean? And, and it really felt like it meant you need to act more like us. Like you're too chatty with clients. You're too friendly. You need to be slightly more reserved right. in your actions to show that you're serious. And, um, you know, I took on board what they said, but ultimately recognized that actually some of those things are strengths for me, that I'm good at building up client relationships and, and good relationships with people. And that's part of it. Obviously, it doesn't work for every client. Some clients are more business-like than others, but that's not necessarily something I should avoid as a as a lawyer. So I think over time you learn that you know would would someone say that about a man as easily if if you know you get phrases and evaluations like oh you know they're they're very bubbly or you know <laughs> you know. So I think over time I learned that actually I have to you know take on board feedback. Uh, and be professional at all times, but actually, some of the aspects of my character that others think I should tune down actually work for me. And uh, you know, I have to to be authentic to myself and not pretend to be somebody I'm not. And I think that's been the challenge with leadership in law historically. Is if you're a man, you look up at the most senior echelons of the firm and you think, well, there's lots of different examples. Mm. Like I, maybe I'm not like him. But I could, but I kind of have some similarities with that le- that partner or that leader or that leader, and so you've got a range of kind of options of what leadership looks like. Whereas I think certainly twenty years ago, you looked up at the senior ranks of law firm partners that were female, and they were they were a bit of a you know archetype. They were sort of you know perhaps women with with you know had been a focused on their career didn't have children. Mm. Um, were very sort of strong and tough but emulating some of the male behaviors and you didn't see some of the other um aspects of a more conscious leadership style that we see now and i think now it's better because we have certainly improved an awful lot both at bakers and across the sector we have many more female partners and and leaders than we used to and i think now it's easier for younger women in particular to look up and go well actually I could be a partner here because I do see people you know that, that feel like me or have the attributes that, that I think are important from a leader so mm. I think it's certainly improved but I think that's why certainly earlier in my career I was like mm, you know I'm not sure I want to be a partner or I could be a partner because I just didn't see people mm. that represented someone that was like me
0: so it's a lot of t- talking a bit more practically then yeah this kind of leadership that you strive to to kind of meet what how does that play out practically like what do you do to make that work
1: yeah well it's that was the one thing when you know when i went from being the person that was you know effectively for you know a senior lawyer but not in not 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 managing people in the same way is um the kind of personal responsibility of having you have a real influence and impact on people's careers which is quite again quite daunting And so it was, well, how do as a leader, how do I motivate people to, you know, do what we need for the organization, but also to do what they find fulfilling and what motivate, you know, find out what makes them tick. Because certainly if I looked at myself, you know, the things that I worked hardest at that the most enthusiastic I was, more enthusiastic I was about something, the, the. You know, the more valuable my role on that project or deal or matter was, um, and so trying to figure out what makes people tick and what motivates them and what they enjoy is really helpful, I think, to my role as a leader. Uh, and so that is that is about talking to people. It's about being open with people. It's it's hopefully being approachable so that people are willing to really open up to you and be authentic and not kind of. Um, Tell you what, you know, not not keep parts of them selves hidden from you in terms of their aspirations or how you know their well-being or any of those issues, which actually are counterproductive to 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 their performance but also to the organization. Um so that's what I've tried to do is 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 kind of lead by example, but also be be you know human, be open. Um mm. talk about some of the challenges I have on things. Um because certainly with some of my colleagues, I see that they have the same, you know, blockers or challenges about certain types of things. And, you know, if if they see me as a partner and I seem to have it all sorted and it's all straightforward for me, (laughs) then I don't think that's helpful. I really like when leaders opened up to me about what they found difficult. Mm. So for example, I love, I always love talking to you and I love talking to people, but I really don't like, I don't feel comfortable public speaking, so even recording this is quite challenging for me. And I remember talking to one of our team, and they are someone who's very good at public speaking, you know, very, appears very confident on the outside, but also, but disclosed to me, you know, how do I get comfortable with doing it? Like I feel it's important for my career mm. to put myself out there, but it doesn't come naturally. So you know, you do a lot of it, how do, how do you do Hmm. how do you do it and I said no I mean I think I'm exactly the same as you and the thing you have I learned was that you know most people a lot of people you never see their insides you only see their outsides and a lot of people are similar they you know you you do things that scare you because you realize they're important to your career and actually once you've done them or or while you're doing them they're enjoyable so you know, a few things helped me um, that may be helpful to you as well. Around, you know, say yes, worry later.
0: Mm. That's right. <laughs> you
1: know? like you're creating. I love that. Say yes,
0: worry later. I've got that myself, actually. So, um, so it sounds like you're saying that what this is about is is being open with them, with your personal kind of um, some of your personal challenges, in the hope that they feel more comfortable
1: with you. I think I think so, and I think kind of. Get, getting to know them well is helpful um, mm-hmm. and it also makes me more invested as a leader, you, you know, in their performance. Do you, how do you do the that? future. How do you really get to know people? I think, it, you know, it takes time. You you have to put the time in, um, you have, you know, I think that's why to me the most enjoyable parts of the job are being in the, the that team environment where you get to know people. Uh, on the job outside the job um you know whereas I don't know historically some of the leaders I work with were it was it was a bit them and us it was you know we are the directive partners in the group and this is what's happening and mm. you know we'll deliver the news to our uh, to you and and hopefully I think we're now much better at, at, at being open and also you know wanting to hear people's views and wanting their input because you work with some really talented people with growing ideas and so you should be engaging um, them in that way and so just much more interactive about yeah. all sorts of things I think makes you understand each other better and and makes you a better team so that's that's to me it's you know I I think some people their leadership style is about ego and it is about title and it is about you know and that and that can work you know but um to me, it never made sense as mm. a, as a leader because I never wanted to work for leaders Neither. that uh, that that weren't human and and the, the, there wasn't the um kind of give and take like you know I will work I will work that absolute socks off you but but I expect in return you know some flexibility or some uh, recognition or you know you you, you will also. Um, be a key part of this team not just setting direction but actually you know come with me mm. come with me and and we'll do it together mm. and uh, you know aware of the fact
0: that you have is it three children yeah yeah so three kids maybe some of your staff have kids or maybe they want different kind of more flexible lives that uh, yet yeah, that's not what we've seen in law in the past so much
1: is it? That's true. I mean, that's what I was saying sort of earlier about the leaders that we used to have. Like, I didn't, I didn't know people that were partners but worked less than five days a week. Like, mm. that wasn't. But that's that mean, didn't you're... seem part of the, yeah, t- territory. So I, I was quite senior but not a partner, and I worked four days a week when my kids were little. And I, when I joined, because I went back to full time because for for me moving into partner role that made sense. But what, to me, what was very encouraging about about Baker's was that. Actually, we had a lot of female partners who worked reduced hours or more flexible mm. um, um, schedules, and, and that had not impacted their career progression. So, mm. even in my, you know, in my team at the moment, we have two partners who do a job share, three days a week each. It's they've they've done it for a very long time. They were job sharing when they were made up to partners. It was you know always their evaluations are joint. Everything is joint, um, and everyone sees them as. A team hmm. um Fantastic. and the clients love it because you get two people for the price of one you know two what I brains. Mean? like two brains um and they're a terrific part of the team and then we have um you know other female partners in the group we actually all the male partners work full-time but over time i suspect that will change yeah i was gonna ask about yeah one. like you know because there's a
0: kind of maybe feeling i don't know how true it is that that men have stepped up a bit more in the pandemic maybe been able to do you know more school runs or whatever and and I don't know how it is at Bakers, but it seems like paternity benefits are better. But we're not seeing a lot of men take up this kind of thing.
1: Not on the reduced hours, but I think it's coming, right? I think it's 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 it will come with time. That so culture thing. That I think is. so because men are now definitely they're taking paternity leave. There are definitely more of them still, mm. you know, still. They get perhaps small some? numbers shared parental leave? Yeah, I was going to ask about. Yeah. Do you offer any of that? We we see we see all that we've improved we've we've definitely improved our family packages as a result of some of the insights we've you know we've we've taken on board during the pandemic and feedback we've had at the at the organisation so we now have a much better package but um which is fantastic but i think it's i think it is it is coming because if you're you know myself i work full time my husband is a stay-at-home dad and that made sense for us that's unusual i don't know many of my colleagues where their the, the husband stays at home but there are a couple um within the firm more generally um but i think over time this will happen because i think the the if if it's becomes kind of more the norm that you know reduced hours female partners can become partnered there's no reason why men can be the same especially if you know in their relationship it makes sense for them to do four days and for their wife to do five or for them both to do four or whatever it is in the future it's about what they contribute to the business and you know, are they a very talented lawyer that, that we want to promote and become a leader, then to me, there there should be no difference. And I don't, I think it would always be down to the individual, but I, 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 I that's got to be the future mm. across all organizations that, because, you know, we've just, we've improved so much. And I think the pandemic, that's one area where it's been helpful is that, you know, the working from home being a female thing has, has really gone away
0: what's the future then where where can leadership go what's in it for you for the future where do you want to take things
1: yeah well i think i think all of us maybe during this past year have been thinking and contemplating our future a bit more because we you know we, it's been such a strange world um i think you know i'm really happy doing what i'm doing i i really want to grow and improve as a leader you know i've got a lot to learn i have not been a partner for very long still you know um, and I didn't have a big team to manage at my old place because we were a much smaller organisation. There was a handful of us, and so learning how to be the best leader to not only to achieve the objectives that we have as a business, but also to to, to try and you know help um, the people that I work for achieve their potential. Because you know I I appreciated that from from the leaders I worked with and. Um, I really feel like that's our responsibility you know these are these are our people that they they work hard for us we we should be invested in their career and we are and we want to see them do well um, and I and I just hope over time you know the more that we talk about this kind of stuff um, is helpful to to try and reset what leadership means because the the working world is changing and you know it's it's not going to go back I had a We had some training at my old firm about working with millennials, which I thought was a very strange idea for training in the first place. (laughs) Because I was like, I think, you know, why are we having this training anyway? But it was really interesting training because there was there was more. There were some individuals who were older than me at this training, and they said, Well, I don't understand. In in my day, we just told people what to do, and they did it. Mm -hmm. But now they want to know, why are we doing it? What's the context? What we are trying to achieve? And I sort of turned around and said, but that's what everyone wants, don't they? I mean, that's not a... That's just... It's a more fulfilling job. If you're doing like a really... Particularly if you're doing something that's quite... You know, it's not very exciting. It's kind of a menial task because you're very junior. You still want to know what's the bigger picture? Like, what am I contributing to? Like, so all of that stuff I always thought was odd, strange. Like, well, of course they do on mm. that and they'll do a better job for you if you make that, you know, if you make them part of the wider team and understand what, what it is they're doing and why it's important. Mm. So I think people, more people realize that now than they used to and, and hopefully over time we won't have this kind of, still like this them or us based on kind of age or experience that Mm. actually if we're one organization we should all be trying to achieve the same goals Mm. and therefore everyone's voice should be heard doesn't mean that we will always do what you know you know people will provide input doesn't mean that's the decision we will always take but that that it's helpful to have that kind of sounding process and Mm. and make people feel like they are invested as well it sounds like
0: that you're saying that inclusion Mm. is just implicit implicit and that people's voices are heard
1: yeah i i think so i mean i I always said that i i even if decisions are made that i don't agree with the fact that i had a chance to have an input i appreciated yeah and that as you know if the explanation was well Mm. you made valid points but we've decided to go this way so it sounds like flatter organizations I think so, and unless just less bureaucracy. I mean, I think in very large organisations you just have an awful lot naturally of groups and initiatives, and 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 some of those are helpful in very large organisations, and some of them are not particularly helpful. Um, and I think you just have to. Why are they not helpful? Yeah because well, I think you just spend far too much time talking to yourselves mm-hmm. what? <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and action is what you need. And Wait, I think that's where problem. sometimes we fall down on execution. Like we're we're really good, especially as lawyers, about talking about issues and what we should do and ideas. Like we're not we're not bad at any of those things, but we need to do the the action. And I think in lots of organisations, there's too many committees. where are it's a lot of talking, but. Not, not that factor and if you've got limited time
0: and it with the dni stuff <laughs> it is like you said it can be us talking to each other like all the women in tech are talking to women in tech and you know really we need to be men women people of color people of different um backgrounds and sexuality talking together and building this into everybody's conversation right not not isolated groups on
1: yeah, so yeah, so I have, I have, I have views on women's networks, particularly because I'm involved in some and I, I can see it from both sides in that you absolutely need, it, you, you're right, you, you kind of preach to the converted or preach to the choir, if it's just women talking to women, for example, you need, particularly because a lot of the senior leaders are men, Men. you need them to be allies, you need to be them part of the conversation, it needs to be as inclusive as possible. But also, as you say, like, you know, my experience as a straight white woman is not the same as um, a woman of color or a gay woman or, you know. So we need to be also very mindful of, you know, there's not one size fits all and sort of replacing a bunch of senior white men with senior white women. is not not necessarily progress. It's 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 improvement, but it's definitely not, not uh, you know, it's not a diverse leadership team. So but on the other hand. So I get all that but on the other hand personally what I've got out of some of the women's networks I'm involved in is that sense of you know because there historically weren't that many women in my field um, that sense of sort of solidarity and hmm. um, a peer group that energizes me and encourages me and is is a nice thing to have but that is by itself is not going to that's not going to deal with the progress issue yeah. you know I that's a different purpose. that's yeah. a different purpose so I, I looked at um, I looked at the I don't know if you know but in, in law we have these directories of sort of legal specialisms uh, and rankings basically so you know if, if you if you want to look up you know who's the best employment lawyers in London in theory you go to the directories and it will tell you which firms and which individuals And historically, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, it's been a lot of white men because they were the most senior people in all the organizations. And as a young person, you would look at it, or as a young woman, I'd look at these things and go, like, from my field, technology, there's only white men who do technology. Like, there is no senior women here represented. Now, it's got a lot better. um, And there's been a lot of drives from these directories to be more... Uh, challenging with or, you know, the firms about who they put forward and support and sponsor for these kinds of directories but there's still a ways to go and I was looking yesterday for, for a particular reason at the fintech rankings which is one of the areas I specialise in and I counted up out of interest, there are 36 people that are leading lawyers for fintech in this ranking in, in, in London and seven of them were women. And I was one of the seven. Um, but that's seven out of 36. And there's obviously women, there's more women than that out there who do this, but they don't get the recognition. So I think the other thing that's useful sometimes with these networks is some of these types of, of organisations or rankings, it's, you know, it's, it's still a bit of an old boys club, people know each other. Someone gets interviewed and they'll say tell me who the good ticklers are in London and if you ask a man he'll probably list a bunch of men because right. that's who he knows.
0: Mm. If
1: someone interviews me, I'm more likely to have a female yeah, kind of slanted network. So I might raise women that people other people wouldn't know or haven't heard of. So mm. I think the networks can also be helpful from a just from a networking perspective about, you know, knowing a broader amount of people and then if there are opportunities you can you know, you can help other women. Yeah. Get absolutely. a lift up. The, mm. so but you're right, it's not it's it's definitely not the solution. We have to do this as a as a collective as a, as a
0: collective. Hmm. Yeah. So in in amongst all this, you know, well we could t- chat for this for ages, you know, <laughs> but um, is, uh, yeah. um uh, like how do you look after yourself in amongst sort of big role kids, you know?
1: Demanding clients sometimes, also nice clients. Oh a lot yeah, lots of nice clients. I mean demanding clients can also be very nice clients. We're we're all, you know, we're all busy people. Um, and some of some of my very good friends actually are, are also clients or work clients. So it's 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 a nice job in that you make relationships and, and, and the people are what make it for me, really. Um, whether it's colleagues or clients. It, to be honest, it's 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 the hardest question that you've asked because it is it is hard. Um there's only so many hours in the day. Um, I've got three kids they're all you know the eldest is 13 so they're they're still quite little Um, and it is it is hard finding the time I think it's been particularly hard the last two years though because some of the things I love doing going to the theatre travel uh, the cinema um, meeting friends art galleries lots of things I like doing just can do so you're at home um and that i mean in one sense that was wonderful because i wasn't travelling i wasn't going overseas i was seeing the kids way more than i would have seen them but um it it was it has been really hard the last two years to just shut off you know you 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 you're basically living in your office um, so it's very hard to to turn off um but i think it's as we sort of go back into hopefully something more like reality, it's it's going to be really important to reset those boundaries um, because it's been a, a bit of a slog last two years and it's not sustainable, I think, for any of us to continue to work quite mm. like the way we've been working. So It sounds like you're looking to step up your
0: well-being. So I, d- definitely, I am the well-being police, I definitely so. need
1: to step my well-being. Yeah. I need to... I, yeah. My, some of my New Year's resolutions, not that I do them because I, I think that they never work when I do them, but my kind of my uh, post pandemic <laughs> um promises to myself are yeah more focus on health well-being and um and i think that that will be important as a as a leader so as that, well what does that, that look like practically How does that? Look? it's um saying no to more things it's not spreading myself as thin you know when now you know the the as I said before, you know, there's lots of opportunities out there. And, you know, on paper, you might think, I'd love to do that. Oh, I'd really fancy that. Well, if I'm saying yes to that, what am I saying no to? And it's probably seeing the kids or my own well-being or sleep. <laughs> so I think it's being tougher with myself for my own self-interest, but also for the for the benefit of my team and my organisation, that I'm not, you know, too tired because I am, I am just finding it hard to, 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 to say no. So, yeah, so that's my that's my big thing for, for this year is uh, trying to get more of a balance. Um, and that really is, is, yeah, getting the monkey out of my head that says, <laughs> so, oh, yes, yes, no, you know, saying yes, but this is a great opportunity for someone else. And that's where it combines, I think, with the, the leading and the coaching, which is, this is a great idea, this is a great opportunity, but I don't have to lead it. Mm. why don't you know i discuss it with one of my team that i know is interested in this or would do a fantastic job this is a great opportunity for them let's let's uh, Mm. give them give the chance give them the chance to shine i think i think that's my my number one task for this year Mm. so delegating to allowing other people more opportunity yeah and i think in the past to be honest it's not delegating because i didn't think they had it it was it was probably more like it's in a way it's easier to say yes Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then go. Yes, but no, or no, but here you go. Mm.
0: Um.
1: So yeah. So I. That's that's what I need to work on. I think this
0: year. Thank you, Sue, for all your honesty. I really value your ability to influence and move law forward in progressive ways, as well as your recognition that saying no can sometimes be the most beneficial thing. I'm Ruth Renga, and you've been listening to the Conscious Leaders podcast. We showcase the human side of great mm. leadership. So, you can learn about what it's really like and gain both philosophical and practical takeaways. To learn more about us and what we do to help leaders build a calm, collaborative, and productive workplace, visit consciousleaders.org.uk.